My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. My name is Sean Jordan, and I'm in with my new guest. He is the founder and president of Hands of Sportsman, Hands of a Sportsman. My apologies, David Heinzman. And David, tell me a little bit about how uh, Hands of a Sportsman was started. Well, first off, thank you, Sean, for uh, allowing me to come on and, and kind of tell uh, the story of how this all came about uh, probably the best way is uh to just kind of start when i was young uh, i grew up uh with my grandma and grandpa my mom i worked a lot because uh my dad left when i was about a year and a half old uh so at the time you know i didn't realize we were really poor uh because you know your grandma always makes it uh, you know, the woman makes the house a home. Uh, so we always had, you know, plenty to eat. Uh, we always, uh, had, you know, clothing on our back and I didn't know anything else. Uh, I was lucky in that aspect to have, uh, some guidance from my grandpa and my uncles in the outdoors. Uh, so they, you know, back then, which was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, uh, there was no such thing as deer in our area where we lived, uh, mostly dove, squirrel, rabbit. And that's kind of how I, I got brought up in the outdoors. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was really lucky in a lot of ways. We lived with them a lot longer than probably my grandma expected us to. <laughs> we stayed for about 12 years. Uh, and then, uh, a lot came open beside my grandmother which they owned but there was a trailer on it and he moved the trailer and we moved we we, we bought the property and my mom built a house there so uh, even though we did move away we didn't move very far so i could go to grandma's anytime i wanted to but i guess my my really you know that that part of it kind of got me interested in the outdoors but i really didn't start bow hunting deer uh till i was a little older uh, 15, 16, and when I got my license, man, it was on. I mean, uh, I could go and, you know, do as I pleased as far as hunting. Uh, I was very fortunate to have a, a best friend, Robert Collins, and then I, one of my cousin's uh, husband bow hunted uh, considerably a lot, so he helped me a little bit, and we just learned as we went. Uh, we, you know, obviously missed several deer when we first shot at them. <laughs> We didn't know what we were doing, uh, yeah. but that's, you know, that's kind of where uh, me and Robert just kind of taught ourselves as we got older, you know, how to hunt, how to fish. And we're still best friends today after, geez, we met in seventh grade when we were, I guess, 13, 12 or 13. So that would, that would, that would put us at over 40 years being friends. I ain't going to, I ain't going to get much farther than that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, That's older than me. So, Hands of Sportsman really didn't come about to about 2016. Uh, leading up to that, uh, we 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 used to we started filming some of our hunts. Uh, me and Robert and another gentleman, uh, Garrett, 
And I can remember the first video camera that came out that had a collar viewfinder. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Because, you know, back then, all they had was black and white. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we had bought this, this camera and really enjoyed the process of documenting our hunts. Uh, and somehow, we got uh, wrapped up with uh, Ken Cobb and Hal Schaefer hunting the World Southern style. And I started doing some filming for him uh, and some light editing. I, that's really where the documenting part of a TV show uh, really sparked my interest. Uh, I was really just drawn to, okay, what can we create? How can we create it? How can we make it better? And, and I just was trying to learn as much as I could. So I stayed with them for about three or four years as just basically a camera, camera guy, videographer. Uh, and then just had some good friends locally that wanted to try to take a stab at a TV show. Uh, and I guess I was the one that stuck my neck, my neck out uh, and said, okay, if we really want to do this, I'll take it by the, the reins and, and put up the money. If you guys will, you know, help me document our group's hunt. Uh, so oh. in, t in 2009, we started passing it on outdoors. Uh, and that was mainly geared towards friendships. Because to me, hunting is all about family and friends. Uh, you see that, you know, about the real tree, family and friends. And the harvest is the bonus. Uh, the, the, the friendships you make, the, the people you get involved in the outdoors, to me, that's what hunting is all about. Uh, so that's kind of what our our theme line was is we would, you know, we'd try to document our friendships and, and how we got people involved in the outdoors, whether it be our kids, the neighbor's kids, uh, or whoever it may be. And, uh, we were, we were pretty successful. I mean, it takes a lot to, to try to get sponsorships. Uh, and, uh, you have to secure airtime. And uh, I did a lot of that on my own. I did have some help, but a lot of it, you know, came on my shoulders because I'm the one that had signed the contract for the airtime, so I had to pay for it some way. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, it was a challenge. It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I got involved with a a family, uh, a county over uh, that was uh, doing a disabled hunt. Uh, and basically, I was approached by one of our, our staff members on going and filming one of these hunters. And my question was, why do I want to do that? Uh, and I, I used the term loosely, uh, but I was basically ignorant on what these hunts were, how they were put on, and where the need was in the community and these hunters uh, laid uh, and I'm going to tell you, my first interaction was with a veteran. And I found out real quick it wasn't about shooting the deer. Yeah, It was about uh, investing some time with him, sitting and talking with him. Uh, and I guess that's what really sparked my interest because we were, we were discussing hunting opportunities. And, and just through general conversation, I had asked him, how his season was going. And his answer was, this is the only hunt I get to go on. 
And, you know, for me, if I want to go hunting, I just get up and put my boots on and we go hunting. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we do. Uh, and I just couldn't understand that. And I was like, I, so you're, you're telling me that this is the only hunt. I mean, you obviously love to hunt. He said, oh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I said, so do you not have friends that hunt? He's like, yeah. But, I mean, as you could see, see, it took a lot to get me in here. And I was like, okay, I get that part, but that's not an excuse for your friends not to help you or your yeah. family members. So I guess in my mind, from a TV show standpoint, I thought it was a good idea to produce at least one show on what these communities were doing to help these hunters be successful. Uh, in that process, I found that there were two more hunts in here in North Carolina. I'm a native of North Carolina, born and raised here, about 40 miles north of Charlotte. And uh, I was like, so if we could go to these other disabled hunts, Maybe we could cut three shows, and that would be our gift back to these communities is just, hey, this is, there's a need out there for this. Uh, so for whatever reason, that just didn't fit the bill. And uh, we were in Virginia in 2014, and uh, I had one of my sponsors were AgriSupply, and we had uh, the president there duck hunting maybe the vice president was there and these are just stand-up guys i mean I, they, those people treated me so well all those years uh but we would we they loved waterfowl hunting and and i wasn't much of a waterfowl guy so i just i just lined it up for them i'd go film the hunt and uh, we were on the coast of virginia and we were talking to skip valentine and that's where we were duck hunting and he said tell me a little about a little bit about your tv show and I did. And uh, I said, Skip, what I really want to do is this. And I started talking about the disabled hunts. And he says, you know, if you the, the TV show will open doors for you. But have you ever thought about a 501c3 nonprofit? And at that time, I'd heard of them, knew what they knew, knew of them, but didn't know what was all involved in creating a nonprofit organization. Uh had a lot to learn, but anyway, uh, I was like, so what's your point on the, the 501c3? He said, it will open a lot of doors for you that the TV show can't. And the light bulb went off. I was like, you know, he's got a good point there. I don't know what's all involved with it, but he's got a great point. And uh, so uh, he said, not only do you have uh, a TV show, but if you ever develop the nonprofit, you have a platform to advertise for the nonprofit. And that's where the light bulb really got bright. Oh, yeah. uh, so for two years, uh, we were kind of developing, you know, what what is this organization going to look like? What is going to be our mission statement? What is our logo going to look like? Uh Everything, you know, down to, you know, making sure all the, 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 um, 
the lawyer stuff, attorney stuff was right. Uh, I just really didn't know what I went into that, but I had a lot of people in my corner that was willing to help. And we finally launched Hands of a Sportsman in 2016 in April. That sounds awesome, actually. I mean, that was a, the amount of work that you guys put into it sounds astronomical compared to what I've done just starting up a podcast. <laughs> so, so the last, uh, since 2016, I'd say from 2016 to 2020, I was trying to work a full-time job keep my family happy, produce an out TV show, an outdoor TV show, and try to get this nonprofit up off the, the floor and running. Uh, so there came a point in my life, probably 2018, that I literally felt like I was drowning. And I kept getting these signals from the good Lord. Listen, I'm trying to help you here. There's a direction I want you to go, and you're not listening to me. And so basically, I just ignored him for two years. Uh, and thought I could do it all. And, uh, I did for two years, uh, ended up taking the, you know, a lot of times when you meet a family and their kid finds out they could do something, uh, they're just beyond excited. So we had a youth day and we had, we had this kid there and he was paralyzed from the neck down, but he found out that we had some equipment there that he could shoot a crossbow. And that's where he stayed all day long. And uh, <laughs> I kept telling his dad, I was like, we really need to take your son on a deer hunt. And you, you could tell that the boy was really excited. And eventually the dad kind of pulled me over to the side and said, I appreciate what you're doing, uh, but I don't want to get my son excited over a deer hunt. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not really following you. He said, well, again, my boy's in a wheelchair and he's paralyzed. Like, okay, how are we going to do that? I said, well, we got a small little cabin we can drive right up to so we can get him in there. And we have a computerized shooting machine. And if he can suck a straw, we can shoot a deer together. And his eyes lit up like golf balls. <laughs> he, did, he had no idea that that equipment was out there. And we took him hunting. He, his kid shot a deer. And we all sit there and cried together nice. and uh, high-fived. And, and uh, I looked at his dad, and I was like, so what do you think now? He said, brother, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you've literally changed my family's life. And about two months later, I got a letter from that family in the mail. And there was this long letter on to us thanking us for everything we'd done for them. And it was a $250 donation. I just broke down and cried right there at the mailbox. Wow. And I just looked up and I was like, you know, Lord, mm. <laughs> you've been sending me all these signs. I get, I get, I get emotional when I, I think about it because that was really a tipping point for me. He had been sending me all these signs on what he wanted me to do uh, as a purpose in my life for him. And I just ignored it. And I just told him, I was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. I came, I walked in the house. I looked at my wife and I was like, 
I ain't I ain't doing a TV show no more. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I mean, this this I mean, by this time the show had been running for eleven years. I was like, "It's just not in my heart to do it anymore. This is not what the good Lord wants me to do." So that week, I called on my sponsors and told them, "I was like, I'm done. I'm just I'm not I can't do it anymore." Wow. Uh, so I canceled the show, and we basically went from you know, four or five events in 2016. I think we've got 24 events this year. So all of those are deer hunts, turkey hunts, fishing days, youth days, squirrel hunts, pheasant hunt. And it's basically open to any any kid uh, or any challenged adult uh, or any veteran. Uh, we don't, we don't, we don't gear ourselves to one specific type of challenge or one specific type. You know, I've got a buddy that, you know, all he does is veterans and that's great. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've, I've, you know, helped him out a little bit. Uh, but for us, I want to bless everybody if I can. So that's kind of where the good Lord's led me, uh, since 2016. That sounds awesome. It really does. And, I'm really happy that the Lord has been, was able to give you such direction yep. without one family because I wouldn't have been able to, I heard about you and the Lord hadn't pointed me in the direction I'd been in. So, yeah. Well, there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that wonder what their purpose is in life. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, when I leave this earth and I meet the good Lord, I'm going to be really disappointed if it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you've been sent, either that or the devil's been sending me all these signals I thought was the good Lord. So uh, it's just, uh, it just continually blesses us. You know, I started this to bless other people, and I'm the one that gets the blessing. So yeah. uh, if I can make a weekend or a day or a couple hours better for a family, then our mission is accomplished. And it's usually involved or, you know, in and around the outdoors. Uh, a day in the outdoors is successful regardless of whether you har- harvest anything or not or if you shoot anything. So if the kid and the family had a good time and the the parents were were able to just take a breath and kick back and let us take care of their kid or an adult or whoever that is, to me, that's success. Yeah. Uh, now, how long? Uh, how many other people are there in your nonprofit? Well, we just had a pheasant hunt. We had 130 volunteers there. So each hunt has basically its own volunteer corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have been very blessed to be able to surround myself by good board members and good mentors. And I think through them, that's where our volunteer base comes from. Uh, they see the good we're doing. They just want to be involved in it. And there are some people that don't want to be involved in it. Uh, I was the same way back in 2000, you know, early 2000. It was about David and what David could shoot and how big a deer he could shoot. And I didn't want nobody hunting on my property and they didn't want to do this. And then, you know, there's some, there's people out there like it and that's fine. Yeah. You know, I always say you do you, I'm going to do me. Uh, and the part I want to do is I want to help somebody be successful and enjoy what we all get to enjoy because uh, we're blessed. 
and and I just enjoy doing it. Yeah. Uh, how many chapters? Do uh, not have any chapters. Most of our stuff is locally here in, in okay. Central North Carolina. Uh, have I've been approached. Uh, we just don't feel like we're there yet, uh, and don't know if we'll ever be there yet. Hmm. Uh, it's it's a struggle for me um, if you're if you've developed a chapter that's two states away and you don't know if your mission has been accomplished in that chapter. Uh, that being said, now we had some, we've had some guys come down from Ohio for a disabled hunt we do in Taylorsville, and they 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 come down for the weekend and they get in there and they get involved and they you know they've learned what our mission is about, how we handle a hunt, and I would not have no problem doing something like that up there in Ohio, but the first step has to be, you know, them doing a couple hunts and see how it goes. And then if they want to proceed forward, then we'll, we'll do that. But for somebody just approach me and say, I want to do this in my state, give me permission. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. They actually have to put in the effort, the time to showcase That's right. to you. That's right. That they That's got right. The determination. This, this is a passion of helping other people and you got to have that passion. And if you don't, I don't want that group representing our organization. And I don't think our board members would want that either. No, I've met a few nonprofits and talked with them and they all share that same passion. Of course, they obviously have their own names. Uh, right. Have you, have you guys ever worked with other nonprofit organizations? A absolutely. And, and, you know, to me, it's not a competition. If I can help bless another organization, our mission is still being met. Mm -hmm. so i i am all on board helping somebody else be successful whether it be a nonprofit or whoever yeah well uh... but we do uh we do have a website which is uh handsofasportsman.org uh we do offer hunts even even if you're out of state listening to this uh, we've had people come to the total hunt that's come from New York and Texas. All those applications are online at handswithsportsman.org. Uh, just click on the Get Involved tab and then the Hunter Sign Up tab, and all the applications are there, and you can fill them out. They 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 renew themselves February 1st every year. So if you filled an application out this year, next February 1st, you would have to fill out another because you get – you get so overwhelmed with all the applications that you just can't continually let them build up. You have to start yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, for the people that have come from out of state, uh, how many states overall have? Oh gosh. Here? I mean, so, I mean, multiple, I mean, when, when they come, I think what I pride ourselves more than anything is when we do an event and somebody comes or even if it's locally, Everything's done at no cost to them. Nice. If they come from out of state, we take care of their motel rooms. We take care of getting their license. We get them a guide. We we you know we take care of their food. We take care of everything. And in some instances, if they just can't afford to get here, if we can, if it's uh, you know reasonable cost, we'll help them get here. Fine. So, one thing we're trying to do is you know we've come to the point where we're, we're just we feel like we've hit that threshold of what we can we can handle as a, a core group uh so we've started reaching out to 
you know, landowners, uh, outfitters. Uh, so we're pretty happy. We're going to do about five dream hunts this year, and those will be in other states. And we'll basically just take applications just like that. Those will launch uh, probably another month or two. Uh, and we'll take applications and we'll send that family on that dream hunt free of charge. That's, that is awesome. So we're pretty happy. And that's, we want to, we, re, we really want to grow that side because uh, we feel like we're at where we need to be locally uh, yeah. and what we're doing. What we need now is somebody to say, hey, listen, send me this family. It might cost X amount of dollars for me to facilitate this hunt. Yeah. Whether that be food or lodging or whatever, but if you'll just take care of that, I'll handle everything else. And we we so far we've been pretty successful in being able to do that. Yeah, that's that's actually cool because I know I talking to a guy I know he literally spent close to fourteen thousand I think for him and his sons to go elk yep. hunting out in Colorado. Yep. So we're we're working on a elk hunt this year. Uh, Matter of fact, I got to get back with the guy this month. So, uh, and we got a, um, a bear hunt in Maine. We got a crossbow hunt for deer in uh, Oklahoma. Uh, we've got two deer hunts in Ohio. Uh, we've got two. We got a deer hunt in South. Two two deer hunts in South Carolina, and then we're doing a turkey hunt in South Carolina uh, here in the next couple weeks. Uh, so, you know, just gives the family an opportunity to get away from home. And just have somebody else take care of them. Yeah. So. It's only my vacation days weren't already being used. I uh, know. <laughs> yeah. I got turkey season in Indiana coming up, so that's my home state. Well, we we enjoy the turkey hunting. I am I am just I'm I'm actually leaving for Tennessee Sunday, going up there hunting with a friend, and then evenings we're going to take kids hunting. So. Uh, that ought to, ought to be pretty epic, I hope. Oh, it should be. I, I've only been hunting turkey one year, and last year was a fun one for me. So this year is going to be redemption. Yeah. So so far, the only animal that my shotgun has uh, bested is a single morning dove. Yeah. <laughs> so here's well, we, we, were, we, we were surely on a youth day was this past Saturday, and I took a kid. He's got autism. And, uh, man, they put on a show Sunday morning, but he had so many hens with him, we couldn't pull him away from the hens. Aww. So, uh, hopefully we can go back and get another chance at him soon. So you use pot calls, scratch, uh, or, well, we, uh, we did, we did a little thing this year where we, uh, we have some, some, uh, slate calls, some glass calls, uh, and some box calls with our logo on it. Ah. And we sold those. And for every call we sold, we would donate a push button call to a kid. So I think we ended up with 38 push button calls for kids. Uh, so, uh, how does a push button per, per, call operate? You just push it. Oh, that's my. all you got to do. It's easy for a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, a mouth read call that you, right? Exactly. So some kids can get the slate call a little bit, but the, the push button call is just so simple. You just push and it yelps and it kind of gets them involved in the hunt, gets them excited about turkey hunting. And then, you know, not only are we wanting to, to take kids hunting, but want to grow, uh, 
our group is outdoorsmen, and the only way we're going to do that is kids. Yeah, future hunters. Yep, just like me. I mean, if I wouldn't have my grandpa and uncles, man, ain't no what tell them what happened to me. I could have really went down the wrong track. Yeah, I ended up getting hunting due to my father-in-law wanting to spend time with him. That's right. And I would have never joined up with the hunting community at all had I not done that. And then we wouldn't have met and talked at all. I got, I got one lady. I mean, her son, uh, she's, she's like, I, I'm really trying to mentor this kid. I got a couple of them really. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's just a, a single parent. She knows nothing about hunting, but she'll go with him. And, uh, we've been pretty successful. I took him, year before last he shot one of my biggest bucks first deer he'd ever shot I was like you were spoiled son <laughs> so my first uh, buck was a small little eight pointer in early october so yeah, props to was, him so it uh i think that probably lit the fire and he's done some fishing days with us and i've tried to take him on a couple turkey hunts so hopefully uh those outings will grow his passion a little bit uh, more yeah so yeah my nephews they want to join up in the hunting community because they've been seeing their uncle do it because their fathers don't hunt at all right and well i hope i can help them out and give them something to go by we got some private land they can learn on it doesn't have turkeys but unfortunately but yeah luckily we've got two reservoirs and one state forest nearby. So, but good deal. yeah. Right. So what is, uh, the future hold in five years for you guys? Uh, I would like to see the, the more of the, the dream hunts out of state grow again. I feel like we're, unless our volunteer core group really grows to where we can start adding, uh, hunt more hunt coordinators, the goal is, you know, if we're doing a local hunt for them, just us to send the, the hunters to them and basically those people handle it. Uh, if that doesn't happen, then we'll push our efforts towards the out-of-state dream hunts. That's simple. You know, we can budget it for it every year and uh, we can send those families, give them a good experience and, and basically uh, we don't have our time, our hands tied up in it, which Two of the two of the hunts this year I've already planned to go on. So <laughs> hey. I found my you know, I just want to be involved and, and uh you know, especially meet some of these outfitters and these landowners. I want to develop a relationship with them at least that that first time. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully I've got four more years of work, so hopefully when I retire I can, you know, do it full time. So. Yeah. I got a couple of buddies that talk of like uh, talk about that not the retiring thing they're still yeah not old enough to retire but you know just going out and showcasing the hunt basically because right there uh one of the guys i talked to recently he was talking about how he prefers just going out there and enjoying nature with the people mm -hmm. versus actually right. pulling the trigger he gets more enjoyment because usually he operates the camera right and he gets more enjoyment out of that than he does pulling the trigger unless i could he's see that hunting. i could see that i got yeah. tore up the other morning with that kid i mean his dad looked at me and said why are you so excited i said if i don't get this way i'm not getting anything out of it 
Oh yeah. You, you he said, but you're not, you're not, you're not shooting a bird. I said, I'm just as happy for him as I am for me. So Cause, you're, cause your job is to get him that bird. And yeah, if yeah. that doesn't happen, then, then everybody's sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, yeah, it is very, uh, dear Lord, I'm trying to come up with a word in my mind. I get uh, stuck too. Don't worry. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole mind combobulation. It sounds great up here coming out. Yeah. yeah. Garbage. Yeah. But, uh, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. I'm not even going to try and recover it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, do you want to tell people how to reach you? Uh, again, uh, we're on social media. We're on Facebook under Hands of Sportsman. We're on Instagram under Hands of a Sportsman. We're on Twitter, Hands of Sportsman. We're on YouTube and Roku, uh, not Roku, Rumble, which is a competitor of YouTube, all under Hands of a Sportsman. Uh, and then our website is handsofsportsman.org. And you can reach me pretty much. If you message any of those outlets, it'll come to us. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. and I've enjoyed it, Sean. Thank you. Well, I've enjoyed it, too, even with all the fun technical difficulties in the beginning. (laughs) Hey, it wouldn't be no fun. Technology is not supposed to work perfect all the time. No, it isn't. So, all right. Thank you for coming on. And remember, everyone, stay adaptive.